Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manerfeld. Just me and Nick Budig today. Robert Stangler is out for this week's episode. And we're going to be breaking down some of the off-season um, roundup type stuff. So we've got three winners, three losers. And um, we're going to run them down, talk about them, see how things went, kind of recap the last few months as we start to get into spring training games coming up later this week, actually. Um, and spring training this year is really interesting because you've got a mix of players in camp that are going to be playing for WBC teams. You've actually got players that are going to be going to their WBC teams and playing like actual MLB teams, too. There's some like scrimmages before the WBC mm-hmm. starts um, on March 9th, I think, fun. or March 7th. Yeah. Um, early March. Um, so it's going to be a weird spring training, but yeah, games are picking up later this week. College baseball has been underway for a few weeks now, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing some uh, some of the stuff get back in action, seeing the videos on Twitter of uh, some of those matchups like uh, Tyler Molly against uh, Alex Kirloff, literally the two people that could decide the Twin Cities or the Twins yeah. season this Twins year. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been good to see all that stuff out there. And, um, yeah, like I said, WBC throws some spice into th- spice into things we're gonna go into that right into the regular season essentially Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of good baseball coming up can't wait yeah yeah like you said it's it's gonna be different but it's gonna be with with wc wbc we have competitive professional baseball whereas spring training it's usually you'll see the starters maybe get 12 innings all whole month or whatever just just to have something that's gonna be fun to fight for like you said, WBC teams are playing MLB teams, so we get to see some weird matchups that you don't normally see. So I'm excited. Baseball is is finally back after what always seems like a long, long winter. Yeah, and I think we'll have some podcasts about the WBC when that's actually going on, but been kind of disappointed seeing a lot of the dropouts to the last couple of weeks since we last talked about it. So Yeah, whatever um, weird insurance stuff. Definitely a conversation we'll have in the future. But today is the off-season recap. As always, make sure to follow along. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio, on social media at Stitches Pod on Facebook and Twitter. And our email is the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so like I said, we've got three winners, three losers. I will start mm-hmm. uh, with my my winners. I didn't do all teams. I did some teams, some players, some groups of players, kind of a roundabout thing. Um, I didn't have him on my list, but I was thinking Scott Boris was like definitely like the number one winner of the offseason. <laughs> he always is. Um, all his clients just get mega deals, except for Correa, mm-hmm. um, which we will talk about later in this episode. But my number one winner, uh, besides Boris, which is kind of a given, are shortstops not named Carlos Correa. And mm-hmm. uh, that might give you a little inkling, that and the Boris comment of who might be on my losers list. But I'm talking about Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, and Dancy Swanson, the, the top free agents of the offseason. Um, Correa could have been in there, and he you know, almost was. Um, as we know it, things fell through there. But you look at the years that these guys got. Trey Turner got 11 years for 27 million a year, 300 million dollar total contract. Xander Bogarts 11 years, 280 million dollar contract. And then Dansby Swanson coming off a career year, his best hitting year, and he makes the most of it, getting seven years, 177 million for the Cubs. Um, I mean, all three of these guys. Um, I mean that's some mega mega cash and some mega years too. With the ten plus year deal isn't a thing we've seen a lot, and we saw it multiple times this year. And if you're gonna include mm-hmm. Correa in there, the, the two deals he almost got, those were thirteen or they were thirteen and eleven, I believe, right? Or thirteen and ten. Yeah. Um, 
it just seems weird, but I think we're going to start to see it more. But I, that's a big win for the shortstop market. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it was kind of we all kind of saw it coming, like you said. Those four guys were at least at least three of them were, were planning on being free agents, and we were all expecting big money from them. But uh, I mean, to see that large, especially I think for Bogarts was, I thought he'd get the most, but the fact that that was the most is is pretty was pretty astronomical for me. But yeah, like you said, they you trade trade Turner. He got more than Bogarts. Yeah, just a twenty okay. mil more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Turner was another one I thought, but uh, they are both very yeah, similar. Like you said, it's Just, yeah, it's it's things. pretty crazy yeah. to see this. Um, Machado's opting out next year, which is going to be an interesting thing. We'll see. Is but, he a shortstop? Uh, I mean, I mean, he could. Well, if he's third baseman. It's. It. I mean, yeah, he will never know. Probably we won't could. Any ever again, but. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, like big deals are. I think Otani, players, whatever, like you said, yeah. Machado saw it, and he's opting out. Other players are seeing it, too, and they're going to be like, I want to test the market as well because mm-hmm. the money just keeps going up. The years just keep going Steve up. Steve Cohen broke uh, So I don't see it. The LNB again. Yeah, and Aaron Judge, you know, yeah, he's. Uh, we'll talk about him later, too, but he also got a mega deal. So if you're the t- mm-hmm. one of the top players in the game, there's no reason not to hit the market right now because you're going to get more than what you yeah. got before. Um, okay, Nick, give us your first winner, and then we'll go to losers. We'll go kind of go one and one. My first winner is we'll say with the in Minnesota with the Minnesota Twins. I thought I know they lost Luis Arise and, and they lost Carlos Correa originally, but uh, they got Correa back. They've got Pablo Lopez. Uh, probably one of our favorite favorite deals of the offseason was the Christian Vasquez deal, um, and then they got I mean a flyer on Joey Gallo. We could see what happens with him, but I think I mean they for the most part bullpen is still an issue, but I mean they've got a lot better than what we thought and i think that's kind of gonna be a big win for them obviously what helps them being winners is their division didn't do a whole lot again um but the three guys correa lopez and uh vasquez just i think we all thought they need a shortstop pitcher and a catcher and they kind of did the perfect uh they did do that perfect triple threat with that and i I think people are going to look at this offseason look at the arise trade um, as kind of the the big one, uh, obviously Correa, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the most the recency bias on the Arias trade and the Pablo Lopez getting with Pablo Lopez. I don't think a lot of you know normal casual average fans like that move because Arias is such a fan favorite. But mm-hmm. you know we we had that conversation about Arias. We don't need to get back into yeah, it, especially when Robert's not here to defend himself. Um, but they did get the starter they needed. They got the the starting rotation depth they needed. Um, and they, mm-hmm. they lost a guy, you know, I would have chosen not to trade a rise, but that was kind of the, the mm-hmm. things were dealt. I, I don't know if yeah. like I would put them in a winner category though, because I do think their game plan going into this was flawed and that was to get Correa. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if we don't get Correa, like all bets are off. Like we don't know what we're going to do. And it really did hinge. Like they missed out on some starting pitching free agents oh, yeah. that they could have probably picked up instead of trading pieces. a rise. Yeah. And by the time they got Correa, which fell into their lap, they had to kind of scramble and make a trade, whatever. So I, I would put mm-hmm. them in my like winner in some ways, but losers in terms of their game plan for the off season. They ended up yeah. having a good off season, but it could have been much better in my opinion. So yeah, um, I, I don't know if I yeah put them in that winner category. I put them kind of right in the middle. So all right, let's go to loser. One loser. The loser. My loser. I'll go first. Move. I will put Carlos Correa, and that is. Uh, it's a tough one because, you know, we did get him, and it was a nice team-friendly six-year deal with a lot of, you know, incentives and a lot of stuff 
that could make it, you know, 10 years. But for Carlos mm-hmm. Correa, you got to look at this and think, what an offseason and what a whirlwind for him. I mean, first thing first, he thought he was getting 13 years, mega deal with the Giants. He thought that's going to be his home for, you know, more than a decade. That falls through because of the physical of his ankle that he may maybe doesn't even know was an issue. And it sounds like from interviews, it sounds like he, did, he didn't even yeah. think it was going to be an issue, and it just kind of came up. Then the same mm-hmm. thing happened with the Mets, and he was going to be on a super team with Francisco Lindor, and it was going to be insane that left side of the infield, maybe playing third base, probably playing third base, actually. Yeah, definitely and, playing third base. Yeah, that falls through. And then he's got he go back to the Twins, which, you know, it sounds like, you know, he – Probably was exaggerating the truth when he said he loved Minnesota with like all his heart and all that stuff last year, but he did like it here. I I, I do believe that, and so it's not Money the worst us. thing. But six year deal, yeah. not as much money, and um, you know that's got to kind of suck for him. And I wonder if that's mm-hmm. going to affect his play at all, or affect what's going to kind of happen with him going forward. Um, you know, you always talk about the chip on the shoulder and the motivation and all that stuff. It's hard to do that with yeah. like like six years, like over six kind years, really going to affect his play. But maybe this season, a lot of money. He have he might have something I to mean, prove maybe, this season. Maybe he'll want to prove people wrong that his ankle's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's tough for him to call him a winner. Besides coming back to the state he loves, his hometown, his his the place he was born and raised in Minnesota. Yeah, the way he talks about it, but uh, glowing. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's not what uh, he expected, obviously signing a pretty much a one-year deal with minnesota to build up everything and then he got this 13 year with san francisco and now he's back to minnesota on a six-year deal so he's kind of two loser off because last year the lockout he waited to the last minute and the lockout really hurt him now this mm-hmm. year tried to go early i mean he got signed in that same cluster tried. of shortstops being signed yeah and then the ankle so that's tough mm-hmm yeah I'll go with my my first loser, and that's uh, that's really I guess I could group them together: Otani and the Angel fans, um, and their owner. I guess he's the main reason they're losers. Otani just I mean he's one year left. This was the chance for everyone to see him, Art, whatever, however you say the owner's name, Art Art Ar- uh, Arde Moreno, right? Arde Moreno, uh, for him to go all out, sign some big names. To, he could have got another big pitcher. He could have got a good shortstop. Swanson was out there. Like you said, all these shortstops are out there. They could have made some short-term deal just for Otani's final year. And they got Brandon Drury and Tyler Anderson, two guys Classic who had good Angels move. seasons last year. But perennial, Drury's always been a utility guy. Anderson's going to be a fourth, fifth starter. But uh, So now what? Are they going to trade Otani? He obviously doesn't want to sell a team anymore. They're going to try to keep him. The fans are I, – I feel bad for the Angels fans. They got Otani and Trout, and they're just going to see a train wreck every year. It's just like a classic Angels move to get Anderson and Drury too. Like, yeah. Just like guys that had career years and they're just kind of signing them off career years. They either do that or they sign, like, complete reclamation projects like Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like – Mm-hmm. They just, just for no reason. They just it doesn't seem like they have any game. Plan. And then they'll drop a two hundred million and, dollar contract. Yeah, on the the, the, the comments that, that Otani made about essentially he's going to free agent. Like he's going to free agency. Yeah. No, oh, no yeah. matter what, just judging by his comments. Poor Trout. Poor poor. And trout. you've got my Trout locked up, and you could have had two of the best, like you said, the two of the best players in the game locked up, and they completely missed the boat. They haven't even made the playoffs with mm-hmm. both of them on their team, and that yeah. is actually mind blowing to me two of the best it players is. in baseball and they don't even make the playoffs unless they do this year which 
this team isn't very encouraging for that. It's not seeing like you're it. not going to win the division with the Astros. The Rangers are much better. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. probably the second best team, and there's just so many teams I'd pick in this AL in the American League that are better than the Angels for those three better wild card spots. Mm-hmm. So 100, percent they're losers. And uh, it'll be, uh, I think, 2023's offseason or 2024's offseason after this year is going to be really interesting because you're going to have Otani and Machado-type market kind of setting the tone. Both going to L.A.? is Otani going to be the first $500 million man? Very well could be. I mean, I don't think has anyone reached $400 million? He's such a hard person to value. Trout didn't reach $400 million. Judge didn't reach four no. million, so is Otani just going to jump that and go to five hundred mil? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably not, but someone's he's going to be the richest someone's either man in make baseball. A that's for sure. Great choice or great or a terrible decision. I mean, if you look at Judge's contract, he got three hundred sixty mil for nine years. That's forty million dollars a year. So, you know, Tony also pitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be wild. So you're going to you're, you're expecting yeah, Otani yeah. to get more than that, at least. Yeah, um, someone's gonna have to make a crazy decision. Agreed. So yeah, I'm with you on that. It sucks for Angels fans. Sucks for you know they got Rendon too. Did you say Rendon? I, I yeah, know. Rendon. I don't. He's I high, know, high profile guys. Rendon's never been healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's rough. All right, let's go back poor, to winners. Let's man. cheer it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna go with old crusty pitchers, and I, I say crusty. They're definitely like not crusty because they got a lot of money. Um, Justin Verlander, Jacob Degrom, Carlos mm-hmm. Rodon, and Chris Bassett, all kind of 33 and above. Chris Bassett, um, forgot about him. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Bassett's 33 and above, and he got a three-year deal. That's pretty good for that age of a pitcher. For a good team, yeah. yeah. And so I'll, I'll kind of just go by it. Jacob DeGrom, five years for 34 years old with injury history, which we all kind of yeah, scoffed at a little bit. Um, five years, eight, 185 mil for the Rangers. Carlos Rodon, who's 30, um, but we all know his injury history, six years, $162 million. And then you've got Justin mm-hmm. Verlander, 39 years old, two years for $43 million a year, so 86 mil. And then Chris Bassett, who's 33, had a three-year deal for 63 mil, and he went to the Blue Jays. Um, all those guys, you know, Rodon's 30, but I put him in there because he's obviously only had like two healthy years in his yeah, career. Yeah, he's had some miles on him. Um, out of those four, I mean, they won. I mean, 100%. The starting pitching market was so weird this offseason because we had these top tier pitchers but they all had a lot of like question marks like yeah. the age or the injuries were all they're just everywhere yeah i mean verlander coming off the cy young but still two tommy johns yeah the tommy john and then Degrom, like he's already got injury scares in rangers camp chris bassett mm-hmm. um he's actually been relatively healthy in his career but being 33 years old and kind of a late bloomer himself yeah so. um a little sketchy there so um, good for them. They got their deals, but you know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at this Degrom contract in particular, this five years. And we talked to it on the podcast. You want to go back and listen to it, but that is just oof. I mean, you're looking at a guy who hasn't even been healthy, you know, two of the last three years, and he's mm-hmm. 34. It just doesn't seem like it's, it's going to get any better. It's kind of if you if you do look at it kind of as a negative viewpoint or pessimistic yeah. viewpoint. The Rangers are kind of a scary team of tipping almost into the Angels' territory of DeGrom, Seager, Simeon, these huge contracts. I mean, Seager's been – he's been up and down with injuries. Like you said, DeGrom's been hurt. Simeon's just old. Yeah, Simeon's getting up there. I mean, it's it's, – you could say it's a win from the last two years, but, I mean, 
I mean, DeGrom got money, but the Rangers are getting a little uh, worrisome for me. I know they got some good uh, side side projects, but those are some big deals yeah. to some risky guys. I mean, they're going to see, like, some of their young guys are going to come up this year. Like, Josh Young is going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely weighed heavily with the big contracts. So, mm-hmm. you know, they've got – it's clearly their window, and they've got to perform now. So the injuries could I mean, definitely them. derail them. Yeah. That's a little scary. I mean, you didn't, you didn't mention uh, Corey Kluber and Rich Hill still getting chances. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't throw them in. I was kind of talking about, like, the top end of the Krusty <laughs> What was Kluber's contract? Let me look. Oh. It was – both Kluber and Hill got, like, really low deals, I think. Control find on this. Here we go. Kluber's was one year 10 mil, so yeah. And Rich Hill was one year 8 mil. So yeah, you're talking about some uh, low-end contracts there. So yeah. I don't know if they deserve They're to go in the old, like the top pitcher for wins. <laughs> Definitely like pretty average deals for them. Yeah. We're talking about one-year deals. But yeah, they got another shot. I mean, Kluber deserved it. Hill, questionable. Mm-hmm. So... All right, give us your second winner. My second winner is the Phillies. Um, they obviously got the big deal in turn. We kind of touched on those shortstops already. Um, they added Taiwan Walker, um, who's could go into the kind of that lucky kind of older pitcher market, um, but he's sliding into a perfect spot of probably being the number four in that that rotation. They got bullpen names. We've kind of talked about this already. They big strikeout numbers. Big, exciting arms, but also in the scary, risky category. But again, they went out and got bullpen arms. Um, but to me, I think they've just made some big moves in a in a division that that we talk about every year. Is always seems to be getting better and better. So to me, it's the Phillies. They're going after that this this window that they kind of forced open, and and uh, I put them in the winning category. Yeah, I had them there too before um, I heard that you had them. I didn't want to double up, but. Yeah, definitely a team that went to the World Series just doubled down, and they've mm-hmm. signed some really good pieces. So I'd, uh, I'd imagine they're going to be um, in a similar situation this year, even with the tough NL East. Yeah. Uh, my first my second loser, we'll go there, um, are the Red Sox. Um, so putting the Red Sox here, uh, you know, they did make some moves that I liked. I liked the Matsutaga, Matsutaka. Matataka Yoshida move. Um, looks like mm-hmm. he's going to be the leadoff, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like fun. the Justin Turner move, but they also watched, you know, Xander Bogarts go, which, um, you know, his offense alone is probably worth those two guys. Um, yeah. But the big question mark for me is they didn't really address their rotation or bullpen that much. You know, they, they got Kenley Jansen, which pretty big addition he's in the bullpen. But their, yeah. their rotation right now Cold. is... The only Not. addition they made was Kluber, and you're looking at it on paper, and you're like, well, one, injuries, big time. I'll go through in a sec. But two, yeah. their performance isn't even that good, even when they're healthy. So you're looking at Chris Sale, mm-hmm. which question marks everywhere with that. Yeah, And then you've got Corey that. Kluber. Then you've got Nick Pavetta, James Paxton, Gross. and Garrett Whitlock. So, I mean, yeah. we're talking about Whitlock, who's like a fringe starter. He's been in the bullpen yeah. a lot. Paxton hasn't even been healthy for two years. Chris Sale hasn't even been healthy at all for a, you know a full year in like Half three career, years. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Kluber is you know we talked about his age. We just talked about that. He's coming off mediocre year, and then Nick Pavetta, who I am not a fan of at all. 
It's going to be their most consistent starter. He's going to be their most consistent. Yeah, so we're talking about like a 4-5 ERA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that rotation is gross. Like, not yeah, in a good way. I had them on the pretty, pretty much same thing. I, it's To me, I, the reason I put it down is they, it seemed like they have no direction on anything going on. It kind of started with the Devers stuff during the season. They didn't know if they were going to re-sign him. There was question marks all year, and then obviously they made that big deal. And Bogarts, who I think we both agree on, big fans of him and perfect fit in that Red Sox team, but... Like you said, the pitching. They didn't do anything no. for the pitching. I mean, they did, but not. Yeah, it's just I mean, they didn't do anything Kluber to. And, it was Kluber and Jansen. I don't know. I, to me, it's they don't. I don't think they know where they're going. They're in a tough division. And Chris Martin, I guess. But they got Justin Turner. You could talk about him, but. I mean, I like I Justin know. Turner, but I mean, he is. To me, it seems like they don't know what they're old, doing. So. Yeah. And the saving Kluber grace and is obviously big... why I think he's not like a really big. They're not. They're not really a big team in a lot of loser columns this off season. It's the Devers extension. I mean, that was good for them yeah, to get that, that done. That kind of saved them. Um, but if they didn't get that done, this would be you know a complete F. The number one, yeah. I like Yoshida too. Um, yeah, I mean it, they made some good but also, moves, I mean, but I think that- if you're, you're you're looking at Yoshida, you got to say question mark too because a Japanese player coming over. It's not a sure yeah. thing. Robert's not here. Yep. No matter what he says, it's not a sure thing. So yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean, that's, Say Suzuki just, struggled in his rookie year too, last year. Yeah, it happened. I mean, he was hurt, but no, he also when he came back, he was a little inconsistent. So it's going to take some time yeah. to adjust, regardless how good you are. Yeah, it's just who's your second loser? My second loser is the White Sox. Um, yeah, that's one I they, should have had. They, I mean, Jose Abreu's gone. They have. I mean, the pitching market, their pitching situation is interesting to me. I mean, obviously Hendricks is is out with, with the cancer and, and, and can't do anything about that. But Mike Clevenger with this whole whatever's going on, he said, she said kind of stuff, what's going on right now. We haven't seen anything for sure. But Cueto's gone. I liked him last year for them. They don't. Ha- I mean, they lost Pollock and Harrison, who aren't great, but they're still kind of solid contributors. I like that they got – Andres back. He's not going to be a star for them, and, and Ben Attendee's kind of a weird fit in my mind, but they got contracts coming up. This was kind of their window like we talked about, and they kind of just have blown it out. Yeah, they, uh, they've they had a lot of controversy with the Clevenger stuff, and you know, even Robert, who's a big White Sox fan, says this offseason's been pretty bad. Um, it, if it's, it's interesting because they had such a small window. Yeah, and it feel it felt like they were gonna build a core for years to come with like the Luis Roberts and the Yoan mm-hmm. Moncadas, the Eloy Jimenez is like the Copex and the Ceases, and they're still all up, but it's still even with all those guys and all of them have been performing pretty well, except for probably, you know, you could say Moncada has been a disappointment, but mm-hmm. and Eloy's injuries, but when he's on the field, he's pretty good. Yeah, I mean they're still there, like, the but way, this yeah. team still doesn't have the bite even with that core yeah it just seems like to me they just they they hit it too early it seemed like yeah. they're when we talked about them we all kind of thought they were a year away and then 2020 happened and it seemed like where this team all of a sudden strike fire you just you feel with like those that core though that they could build something and yeah they just haven't uh just i mean they're i to me i i i have think they could almost be a fire sale team this year if they just maybe fall apart and they don't do anything i mean like you said they have a great core they have talent 
but I don't know. It's a it's a it's a worrisome spot for me if I'm a White Sox fan. For sure. All right, let's do our last wins and losers quick. Um, my last winner is Aaron Judge. Obviously, I think we have to kind of talk about him um, coming out here with his contract year breaking records, the American League home run record, and then he goes and gets $40 million a year for nine years, goes back to the Yankees, pretty much got to choose his own destiny between the Yankees and Giants, so good for him. And um, he's the captain of the Yankees now, which comes with a huge, huge legacy. And I think we t- when I was thinking about why didn't he choose the Giants, because I really wanted him to go to the Giants, um, if nothing else, just from a neutral perspective. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, how many legend yankee legends are there there's you know less than 10 right like babe yeah. ruth lou Gehrig, <laughs> mickey mantle joe dimaggio Derek jeter i'm not a yankees fan i'm sure if we have a yankees fan, correct us, but yeah rivera there's not a lot so you don't get the opportunity to be a legend for the best franchise in professional sports Bar yeah, I mean, like the icon, icon, and he's gonna be a legend. Like he's team. in the history books now. So that yeah. that is a hard thing to turn down. The C on your jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many captains they have, but I don't think it's as many as legends they have. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Jeter was the last one. Good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. He's a hard player to not like. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much carried that team last year on offense, and it was one of the most amazing seasons you'll ever see. Um, Gold Glover. But, uh, yeah, I mean, great for him. I think staying in New York, I think he loves it. It seems like he, like I said, like even for New Yorkers, it's hard to hate him. Um, he seems to f- get better every year. Injuries, I'm not too concerned about him. But, uh, yeah, great for him. Great place for him to be in as a kind of the uh, future Yankee captain. For sure. Um, My final winner is... I thought about the Mets, but then throughout the podcast, I kind of rethought it. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu going to the Astros. Um, we've talked about him. A huge, huge bat in the White Sox for 10 years. Um, Could have every day, whatever field he stepped on, probably was one of the best, if not the best, offensive player on, the, on, the, on both squads. But uh, to go to a team like the Astros that can make, obviously make anybody great, Obreu can easily put up an, an MVP year this year or next year playing in that lineup. He's put up an MVP year with the White Sox. He's put up multiple MVP years. So to me, I think Jose Obreu going to a team where he could potentially finally, finally win a World Series, um, I think to me is a is a great, great situation. Yeah. You're not worried about the decline in home runs last year? I mean, the stat cast stuff looked good, but it feels like he might I mean, be hitting I've, some type I've of I've never really worried too much. I mean, decline. To me, I think he's an, like I mean we talk about RBIs isn't a big thing, but if you're con- consistently doing what he does with RBIs, I'm not too worried about the home runs. I think that's we'll he's see. still going to produce. We'll see. I'm not worried about him that much just because his all his like hard hit rates and stuff were still really good last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let's do our losers to round things off. My last one is the Giants and. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about putting either the Giants or the A's on here. One's competing, yeah, one's I've, not. I got both of them on there, too. Um, yeah. The A's have a lot of young talent, though, that I'm actually kind of excited to watch. Um, but they also didn't really do much. So I, I'll kind of put they them as like might an be moving. honorable mention. But the other Bay Area team, the Giants, they kind of struck out with the guys they were targeting. And, you know, they struck out with Carlos 
or uh, Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa. And then they also lost Carlos Rodon, who was like, uh, you know, mm -hmm. their best pitcher, obviously, last year. He was. Um, yeah. I will say the positives they got Ross Stripling, Shamanaya, Conforto, and Haniger. But those seem kind of like a second rate type to so the, the, three they the had, players they could have had. They had names that, yeah. Especially the Judge one. That, that stings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they, they were definitely pushing hard for that. And they're both so close. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's rough to be. I mean, Correa was a, like, we talked about him. He was going to do the 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 press. He was going to talk to them. That was that's pretty much the done deal thing. And then all of a sudden, I said Aaron Judge, Arson Judge, whatever you want to call him for the Giants. He was so close, but didn't ever materialize. But yeah, that's it's tough for the Giants to miss out on yeah. some big names that still they legitimately good, had shots at. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the California Bay Area. Not Bay Area, but California area with the the Dodgers as being my, my loser. California didn't do too well on this no. offseason. Let's see. I had Oakland Giants. No, Padres Angels, were a winner. Dod uh, yeah, I guess. Big time. Yeah. But Dodgers for me, I think it just because they didn't do any Dodger thing. <laughs> it seemed like they lost more guys than they, than they gained. Uh, they got J.D. Martinez. Is that their, was that their biggest? I think so. Deal this off season, um, but I I mean also I also can can kind of see why they didn't make a a big splash this off season too. just because of uh, I guess Syndergaard's a big. But yeah, that's Cy Young candidate. Really two things. To, yeah, to me it's just kind of they're they're saving up for uh, David Peralta as we already mentioned Otani. Next I forgot season, they got but David to Peralta. Me it's, it's kind of kind of rough to yeah, this team doesn't see look, him not do anything. I think Robert mentioned it in our chat that this team doesn't look super good, and I'm looking at it now, and he's right. It's not. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it's because Otani. If they don't make a deal this trade at the trade deadline, I I heard someone make a good comment that uh, they don't make big free agent deals. It's usually the trades they uh, yeah extend on or whatnot. So probably maybe right. Otani. Goes to uh, Dodger Blue midseason. Plus, they've also always got a good farm system these days. Yeah, yeah. All right. Those are our three winners and three losers of the offseason. Like I said, Robert will be back hopefully next time, and we'll talk spring training ball probably, what's kind of the storylines after the first week or so. So make sure to tune in. We're on all of the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio. We're on social media at Stitches Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and our email is the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and take care.